Welcome to NR92's very own feed. Let me hear you scream. Why haven't you learned anything? Let's get crazy! May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Now for today's host, The Feed! Good afternoon! It, it, uh, good afternoon to you. Welcome to this week's edition of The Feed. I'm Dwayne McLaughlin, or Dwayne Money McLaughlin, with Mike No Nonsense Colvin. Thank you for the beautiful introduction, Dwayne. Now, if you haven't heard any of our past editions of The Feed, including Valentine's Day, International Women's Day, A Decade in Review, and many more, head to our SoundCloud for all our past episodes. Uh we will. We love music, and today we're talking about local music, which, somet- er, which sometimes gets overlooked. I've been listening to 780 Wave, uh, a local rapper, and you can hear him his stuff right after the feed on the New Music Nooner. I'm a big fan of local music. You have to check out this guy called Travis Matthews in Edmonton music scene. I first met Travis landscaping two summers ago. He's a stellar dude with an amazing voice, and if you see any of his shows come up, definitely go check out. You're bound to have a good time. But local artists have to start from somewhere, and that could be anywhere from influences from family, friends, or even a school music program. Here to tell us more about music programs is Evan Bowden. Hey, guys. Uh, so for some people, music programs in schools are just sometimes the only chance a person gets to experience making music for themselves. Uh, but there is science to suggest that structured music programs in schools really help develop language and fine motor skills and social skills. People may wonder what value music education programs give to students. I spoke with Josephine Hudipol, who is a music teacher at a K-9 school in Stony Plain, to learn more about what music programs look like today and how students feel about them. The appreciation for music education grows over time with the student. I certainly think some of the younger kids don't understand the value of music, but where I see it is in my junior high kids who have been with me since they were wee little, and they're now doing their own performing and their own creating. Cutipole teaches 450 students a week in grades 1 to 6. 230 of those students participate in extracurricular music activities like choir and band. She says her students' passion for music even extends beyond her classroom. The fact that they're hiding out in our stairwells and in our gathering areas at their breaks, creating music, writing music, playing the piano, doing songs, tells me that they understand the value of a music education. Cutipole says she hasn't seen a decrease in students' enthusiasm for music from previous years to today's students. I have 110 children in my room once a week for grades 1 to 4 choir. I truly attribute that to them seeing what the older choirs can do and the joy that the older choirs have. Sometimes a student's passion for music becomes their career. I now have several students who are going on to become teachers themselves and music teachers because they loved the experience that they had when they were in elementary and junior high school and they want to give that to someone else. She feels the collaborative and creative aspects of music are rewarding to her students and speak to the value of music programs. The joy that I see 
on their face. When the children worked really hard for creating something as a unit to be beautiful is worth every bit of hard work that we've put into it. Yeah. So it was super interesting to talk with uh, Josephine Hudipole, and she's very passionate about her program, but uh, she also knows when the education cuts do come. Unfortunately, music programs can sometimes be the first ones to go. That is very true. Thanks, Evan. Mike, did you know I was in music? Dwayne, I definitely did not, but being in this program, it doesn't really surprise me. So what were you in a, in a music program for? Was it like uh, just a band or a private lesson? Well, it was a group lesson for piano first, and uh, my ADHD kicked in, and I got distracted, and I was distracting the kids, and so their parents complained to the to the who was in charge, and that person then complained to my mom and said he can't come back, and then the second time was in junior high, and I then wait, ended wait, up wait 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 so they. <laughs> Kicked you out of one, and then your mom put you in another? <laughs> no, I chose junior high that, that time. Okay. Because the first one was in elementary. Oh, okay. So this was junior high, and then I did the same thing, and I had to write, I I will not distract class a hundred times. So no fun to do that. In, in, like uh, on the chalkboard? No, on some pieces of paper. But you had to write a hundred times. A hundred times. Ooh. I bet it wasn't easy. You know what else? can prove difficult is booking a venue or organizing a concert or music event. We have Eli here to better explain the process and its difficulties. Yeah, thanks guys. Um, there's arguably nobody on the station who loves local talent more than I do. I have a show that I do every week, Mondays at night, The Urban Zoo, where we bring on a local rapper and talk to them, interview, uh, listen to what they listen to, that kind of thing. But we were asked as Urban Zoo to host an event coming up at Billiards Club on the 26th. So I got to sit down with Tom Tunsky, the curator of this event, and talk to like ask him, what's it like to throw one of these things together? There's nothing quite like walking up the stairs to a spot like the Billiard Club, knowing that the show you're about to see is going to be killer. The lineup's fire. You might not know half the names, but you know it's going to be crazy. But a lot of the time, you might not even think about how much actually goes into putting one of these shows together. A lot of times, these entire events can be put together by one or two people. Tom Tunsky is one of those people. Trying to put it together an event is really stressful, a lot of planning. Um, that's part of the reason I like it is because it's kind of like planning a, a film that way, is you literally have to think of everything. You have to think of the theme and then apply that to the marketing, the talent that you get, everybody involved. You have to find those people and you have to make sure they're what you want. It's partly logistical, and that part is fun, but the real fun part is working with people and creating something. Tom hasn't been curating for long, but in the short amount of time that he has, he's gotten a good couple of shows under his belt. Shows like Time Rift, most recently Lift Off, but it all started with a little show called F*** It. For my first event, F*** It, we threw that in City Center Mall. So there's a whole host of challenges there, right? Just getting the insurance. It's such a big venue, and we had to clean it. We spent like 10 hours cleaning that place before people showed up. More people should be doing this kind of thing. There's a gap between where we are as artists, developmentally, and also just like uh, being known. There's a gap from where we are and where we want to be, and I think a lot of people don't know how to get past that gap and really get out there. But I think this is the way to do it. One thing I learned sitting down with Tom that really surprised me 
was the fact that it's not about getting bodies in the door. Most of the times, these shows are for the artists. This is definitely for the artists. I've never made any money off of any of my shows. It's such a great thing for artists to see other artists work, and at these things, people they like uh, they network and they talk to each other, and then more stuff builds from that. And I think it's just it's like hooking up a creative battery and hypercharging the community for a second. Because I know when I went to events like Launch Control and uh, Mo's event, Happy, I think, or Smile. I was really upset, and that kind of thing really pulled me out of the gutter and got me creating again. So if if I could do that for someone, that is who it's for. I mean, I just kind of got in the scene like two years ago, or a year ago even, and uh, I mean before that, I I wasn't hearing about stuff like this happening. And I know last summer it was happening. There's an event almost every week, which is uh, just crazy. It's such a good thing for the city. And these events aren't just bands playing their jams. Oftentimes, you can get shows where rappers are just dropping their best freestyles. Vendors will be selling all the crazy clothes and jewelry that they made themselves. Artists putting up their best prints, and even people like stand-up comics or poets. Yeah, so come to Liftoff on March 26 at the Billiard Club from 10 till late. We've got Urban Zoo hosting. We've got Dungeon Clothing and Saint Creates vendoring there, and then we also have. Trill Evans, Sweater Cuff, Please Be Nice, and Quality Control playing some tunes. So yeah, and I'll be there walking around and making sure the place doesn't burn down. And so, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our first act. He's lived in Edmonton for a long time. So obviously, you can tell Tom is somebody who really cares about the local art scene and and all these musics. I think uh, one of my favorite parts about sitting down with him is just. Learning how many how many parts moving parts go into throwing one of these things together. Well, thank you very much, Elijah. You're very welcome. Or I should say, Eli. That is that was some good insight. If you wanted to curate your own show, I got to I got to、uh, go to a few local concerts and shows and seeing how the setup、uh, from the DJs to the sound crew to the、uh, stagehands. There's a lot the That goes into getting ready for the public.、Uh, yeah, it can be quite a bit of work to plan everything and make sure everything is set up properly. It takes an experienced crew and some seriously te- serious technical skills. Did you get to help set up for any of these concerts, Dwayne? All I got to do was put up banners and flags for the 100.3 The Bear. So wait, you're telling me you're not the guy who plugs in all the instruments and mics? Not if you want them to work. We will be right back after these commercial breaks, cause you know we gotta pay some bills. And welcome back to the. Fe- I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. Welcome back to the feed, our local music edition. Now that we know some ways to get into music and how extensive the setup can be, let's get into the local music itself. We have Zach here with us, who had the chance to talk to an Edmonton producer. Yeah, so I'm a part-time DJ myself, and so the electronic music genre is a, is a really big thing for me. So you know, I obviously had to go to the local talent in that area. I got to talk with electronic music producer Lucky Bandit. I had a really great conversation with him. And we started by talking about how his music career began. I started using music. Well, I、uh, I worked as a DJ, just doing like 
high school events and um, and weddings and stuff like that when I was in about grade ten, and then uh, and then after that I like that's kind of what got me into being on that side of of music, and so then I started making my own music just after I graduated grade twelve, and I got a laptop so I could <laughs> so I could start doing that. We then got to talk about who his influencers were. Deadmouth was big right in the start. And then uh, Madian has been a really big influence for me as well. He's uh, um, he's about my age. He's about 25, and he's um, he's an artist from France. And then uh, and then another one. He's a little less known, but his name's Mort Mustang. So like switching the first letters of Ford Mustang. I think he's from Estonia. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, he he also makes like sort of you know electro house kinds of songs. But what good are influencers if you don't put your own music out? We had to talk about some of Lucky Bandit's favorite releases. I, I put out uh, I put out three albums and uh, my my latest one uh, the second song it's called It's Wrong um, and I made it just kind of as a joke a lot of people that listen to my my songs that are like my aunts and uncles or like old people in my life kind of thing they're always like you never sing on your songs and that's what I want to hear is and because uh, music is singing and like that so so yeah basically basically I just made a song where I did sing but I like auto tuned the heck out of it. And I'm like, yeah, well, not a good singer, so it's not a good song, basically. Um, and then it ended up like just being like a lot groovier than I, than I like anticipated it would be. And then I was like, I might actually like release this. This is like, like I don't know, this is like coming together well. And and so I don't know, like it that, that was cool. That this happened for me like a few times, but uh, that that was like maybe the most, um, the most apparent like time where I really felt like this kind of came together like effortlessly. Like I just kind of like it started as a joke, and then. All of a sudden, I was listening to a song, and I was like, you know what? I'm actually proud of this. We finished by talking about the future for Lucky Bandit. If I could just find ways to make uh, music, I don't know, a little more impactful, I've kind of just been, you know, doing it for, like, me and my friends to laugh about. But if, you know, in 10 years, if I could really find a way to, you know, impact, you know, I guess, like, a, a wider, you know, range of people or whatever, um, that, like, it'd be really meaningful. And uh, just because music and, like, certain musicians have like really had a, a positive impact on my life like it'd be cool to do the same for someone else you can listen to lucky bandit on apple music spotify google play and youtube so fun fact that song in the background there was actually the song it's wrong that he was talking about in the interview and he has so many other great songs so definitely go check him out on those uh platforms and even his latest song get away all the profits from that song, they're all going to helping animals in Australia on, in Australia that were affected by the fires. Well, Zach, I learned something new today. Canada's always had, uh, has had some of the best producers under her belt. Names like Socrates, David Foster, Wanda Girl, and Edmonton's very own Ruth B. To, uh, with her hit song, Lost Boy. Uh... But her parents immigrated from uh, Ethiopia. She went to Roshep High School very right here and attended McEwen University, which is not too far from here, but took some time off to do to focus on the music. Man, that's really cool. I love to get the history on bands and where they come from and hearing what they aspire to be. We even have some musicians close to us right here in our radio television program. Declan is here to tell you more about them. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, really nice for me to sit down with someone in the program, like you mentioned, who was just uh, very passionate about a, about the local music scene. And it was really uh, eye-opening to kind of get him to talk about something he was so passionate about and uh, spread some light on it. So let's give it a listen. As someone who is self-proclaimed as not being very involved in the local music scene, naturally, I had some questions. Luckily, I had the opportunity to sit down with RATV student Johnny Kalitza and member of the band We're Not Dutch to ask some questions. The first I asked him was just how accepting is the local music scene. It's very much like a like community and family. Like We all support each other. It's um, we're, we're right now just diving into it because we came from Grand Prairie, but the Edmonton music scene is great. They've accepted us. My next question for Johnny was, what advice would he have for a band trying to break into the local music scene? Put yourself out there. Um, what me and Sam did is we made, uh, we self-produced our own show kind of thing, and we invited local acts to come and open for us, as well as go do open mics, go see local shows, go make those connections, because those connections will get you opportunities to open for other bands, and um, that's how you come into the music scene. The last thing I wanted to ask Johnny was how he would sum up the Edmonton local music scene, especially talking to someone like me, who's maybe not very involved in the local scene. It's about supporting live music and keeping the local music scene alive kind of thing, because... Uh, a lot of music on the radio is very popular and like um, isn't local, and that's why we also have the CanCon kind of stuff. Yeah, just keeping it local and helping support those that are trying to make a living and trying to build their thing, because it's very much like everyone starts somewhere, and the Edmonton local scene, and any local scene for that matter, is just building those stepping stones for anyone. So let's go out and support live music because um, that's what will make somebody. Yeah, so it was a pretty insightful sit-down I got to have there with Johnny, and it was just really nice to hear him kind of give some insight on something I didn't know about like you heard, and just uh, run through it and talk about it and talk about what local bands can do and uh, how the local scene has been for his band, We're Not Dutch. I'm a little jealous. You got to talk to a rock star. Many times I've come into Nate on Saturday and started or stayed extra late and to hear Johnny rocking out in the studios. Dwayne, you know you can always go say hi for yourself, right? He is just in the TV studio. Mike, you don't just walk up to legends. It's Johnny, man. I mean, for him, I'm sure having the space available to his band helps immensely. Not every band gets the space to record without paying for it. A lot of musicians work other jobs and spend all their free time working on their art. This dedication and love shows in their work. Caleb had the chance to interview an artist who talks about the struggles many of them face. Caleb, you have the floor. Yeah, so for this edition of the feed, I looked to the relatively local... Uh, I looked relatively local for the, to the not-so-far land of Calgary because I wanted to talk to Justine Tyrell a Calgary-born singer-songwriter whose sound combines elements of R&B, soul, and jazz. She's played the Calgary Stampede on the Coca-Cola stage. She's been named one of Branded Magazine's Game Changers of the Year in Calgary and is also the official na national anthem singer for the Calgary Stampeders. But I personally know her as my cousin. So when I talked to Justine, her and I got to talking about 
why she got into the music industry and why she has such a passion for it? Well, partly because I think I suck at mostly everything else. So it did leave me a lot of options. Um, but no, I think it's just, it's been something that I've loved since I was a kid and it's, it's been just so consistent. Like I wrote my first song when I was seven. And so it's always made sense to just keep pursuing what I love and what comes naturally. Um, to the point where even when, like, logically, you know, you look at your bank account, you look at, like, you probably could do other things and make more money and have more stability. But I just, I don't know, I would just feel so unsatisfied if I did anything different than what I'm doing now. So the short answer is because I had no choice. I love it that much. I also asked Justine what some of the hurdles that she's faced throughout her musical career were. A hard part that I've found musically is you create something and one minute you think it's amazing and you're excited to release it and can't wait to share it. And then the next you get in your head and it's like, am I even good enough? Like, how do I stack up to my peers? How do I stack up to the people who've already made it in the industry? Like, do I deserve to sit amongst them? And I just feel like in this in this field, there's so much mental warfare that we wage on ourselves, which is really, really challenging. And so I think just like trying to have the confidence and the clarity to just mentally and emotionally keep going and trust that like you're on the right path, especially when, you know, in other fields, you go to university and you take whatever programs and, you know, you study medicine and then, you know, the next step is to apply to be a doctor and all that kind of stuff where music and artistic endeavors, it sort of feels like there's no real road paved out of like this is what you do you do a b c and d and then you land your career in music it's sort of just like flying by the seat of your pants and taking risks i then asked justine what she's been working on recently um i just released a single in november called hopes up and then we dropped the music video in december so yeah all of that the music video is available it's on youtube um it's on igtv Justine is an artist who is very inspirational to me. She's helped me as an aspiring musician, and I hope this brief look into her musical life has made you want to listen to her music too. And fun fact, Hopes Up is what was playing in the background there, and all of Justine's music is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the major streaming services, all that jazz. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, I learned quite, uh, I learned being an artist isn't like the movies, is it, Mike? No, Dwayne, it doesn't have always happen the way movies make it out to be you don't write one good song perform it at high school and bam you're a star they have to put in real work and try their hardest to maybe make it someday very true and thank you all and, th and we thank all the artists for what they do because big events in your life can usually be remembered from significant songs or tunes that's so true well, that's all we have for this week's local music edition of The Feed. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to tune in next week's edition of The Feed. It's going to be on the coronavirus. Catch the rebroadcast at 7 or head to our SoundCloud and our 92 radio. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Hear it again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or find it on NR92 SoundCloud. See you later.